Let's pray together. My Lord, what a morning when the stars begin to fall. How close are we? How do we know? We just know. We are near. We are nearing home. And so that hope that ignites us, compels us to hear your word, let it be clear today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Imagine the letter that you were about to read was actually dictated to, addressed to, America. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the United States of America, its people, its politicians, its president. We're going to read the letter. We'll have to make a slight adaptation at the beginning, you understand, in order for it to be a letter to America. Will it really fit, Dwight? Well, I think it might. You consider it. Open your Bible to Revelation chapter 3, the Bible's last book. And there we find the Bible's last letter. We're going to read that letter. We'll change the opening. Oh, red letter words, that means Jesus is dictating this letter. He dictated it to a church long ago called Laodicea. Makes you wonder, though, if he really had America in mind when he dictated these words. Read it in your Bible. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. Okay, stop it right there. Here's where we change it. Let's change it on the screen, please. And to the angel of the church of the nation of America write. These things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I am the beginning, and I am the Amen, I'm the end, and I'm everything in between, so I know you, and I'm speaking to you right now. Listen to me. I know, verse 18, your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say, I am rich. I have become wealthy, and I have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness might not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyes salve, that you may see. For, verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent." There they are, seven stunning parallels between Laodicea and America. And I want you to scribble them down. I'm going to run through them fast. You got a study guide in your worship bulletin today? Let's go. Pull it out, please, right now. And thank you, ushers, because this would be the moment when we ask, are there any here who didn't get a bulletin when you came in? You just hurried in because it was so cold out there. Put your hand up and our friendly ushers will get those... uh, Get those study guides to you, and while they're doing that, I see them in the balcony already at work. I want to talk to you that are watching on our uh, live stream right now, watching on television. You can get that same study guide. You see see the website at the bottom, www.newperceptions.tv. Go to that website. You're looking for a little series that's just begun called The Last Letter. Title of this one, Wretched, Last Letter for America. When you come to that... Click on study guide and you'll have the same one. This is a keeper. You're going to want the quotations if for nothing else. All right. Can't wait for the ushers to keep going. So we're going to plunge in right now. Seven stunning parallels between Laodicea and America. Parallel number one, write it down. Wealth. Wealth. 
Laodicea became one of the greatest centers of finance in the Roman Empire. Ranko Stefanovich, in his commentary on Romans, his words on the screen, because of its favorable location on the system of Roman roads, the city became one of the greatest commercial and financial centers of the ancient world, end quote. Laodicea boasted a huge bank exchange. Laodicea was known for a large cache of gold. Is there another nation on the planet that backs its currency or once did with gold? I wonder. Laodicea. It was said of Cicero, the famous Roman statesman, that whenever he would travel in Asia, he'd stop by Laodicea to get letters of credit. He just needed those credit cards because they, they, they provided the backing for him. Oh, Laodicea. No need to talk about America's wealth. I'd sound like I'm boasting. But I went to CNBC just to get another factoid that you probably haven't heard before. Here it is. Do you know how many millionaires there are in the world today? Right now, how many millionaires on this planet? Here's the answer. 36 million millionaires. People who earn over are worth over a million dollars. And the U.S. leads that. 15.3 million people in this country, in America, are worth a million or more, followed by Japan, the UK, and China. Am I boasting about this? No, but Laodicea was. And so does America, by the way. Well, maybe not so much by the people as it does by the politicians and presidents, and the numbers speak for themselves. Seven stunning parallels. Parallel number one is wealth. Jot it down. Parallel number two is health. Health. Health care was a big deal in ancient Laodicea. In fact, Laodicea boasted, and by the way, that's a word you're going to get used to with Laodicea in America. Whenever you talk about them, boast, boast, because it's just they're big on themselves. Laodicea boasted one of the, one of the leading health resorts in Europe and Asia, over the Greco-Roman world. They would come to these lukewarm baths and mineral springs, visitors from everywhere. Oh, by the way, they had a well-known school of medicine there that was situated in the, in the temple of Karu dedicated to the Greek god of medicine, Aesculapius, who was a Messiah kind of healer. Adjoining the school of medicine, very interesting, there was an industry for the manufacture of a unique eye medicine called collyrium, made from the renowned Phrygian stone inside the temple, and it's called Phrygian powder. Sounds like the Jesus who sent this letter to Laodicea knew everything about them in advance. Sounds like maybe he even knows everything about America in advance. Health was a big deal in Laodicea, and it certainly increasingly is in the United States. I've traveled all over the world and had to be admitted in two foreign hospitals. I'm no uh, uh, great uh, evaluator of health care, but I can tell you this. I am very grateful for the health care and the medical community in my own country because of the last 10 weeks. Very grateful. Parallel number three. First one was wealth. Second one was health. Parallel number three is self. Write it down because of their wealth. Laodicean citizens were noted in the empire for their isolationist self-dependence or independence from everyone. Oh, we don't need you. We can live on our own. Tacitus, the, uh, the, the great historian, marveled at the chutzpah of the Laodiceans when in 61 AD they were struck by this devastating earthquake. And when the imperial treasury offered to fund their rebuilding, he said, nah, you keep your money. We got enough. We have need of nothing. Heard those words before? I have need of nothing. We'll make ourselves great again without your help. Whoa, 
Laodicea in America. Here comes parallel number four, fashion. Oh, you're going to like this one. Fashion. Laodicea was situated and surrounded by a lush, rich farming district. Green grass where flocks of sheep produce the most valuable and unusual wool. Now, listen to this. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Roy Allen Anderson, in his book, Unfolding the Revelation, he observes, see it on the screen, valuable wool was produced in the valley surrounding Laodicea, soft in texture, glossy black in color, but tinged, as it were, with violet. Black garments were worn almost exclusively by the Laodiceans as evidence of their wealth, end quote. The wealthy in the other nations would wear white, but the Laodiceans say, not us, we wear black. Fashionistas, that's what they were. And in a country on earth, is there one more preoccupied with this dress and appearance than America? Give me a break. Who are the hottest fashion numbers in this little town and village? You're looking at them behind me, the students at Andy's University. Are you wanting to talk about being up on fashion? From foot gear to headgear, the latest. Something wrong with that? No, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you that Laodicea and America are amazingly, stunningly parallel. Wow. Parallel number five, divided. These quit rhyming, didn't they? Parallel number five, divided. Listen, Laodicea is very drinking water. The only source of water, poor guys, that they had access to was a nauseating blend of cold and hot that produced this half-and-half great-for-health-treatments but horrible-for-ingestion kind of water, but you still have to drink it because that's all we got. Let's talk about the divided states of America, the blue states and the red states, Uh the black lives and the white lives, the rich people and the poor people divided to the core people. I could write a little hip-hop right there with that first stanza. Come on. Choir was already feeling it. Parallel number five, divided. Oh, are we divided to the core? Parallel number six, only seven of these. Here comes parallel number six, haughty. You know, it's one thing to be self-dependent and independent, but it's pushing the envelope when you're proud of it. You got a problem with that? The Achilles heel of Laodicea was its boastful pride, and we're proud of it. Jacques Ducan in his book, Secrets of Revelation, comments, Ducan on the screen, their mentality is but the symptom of a civilization that prides itself in its secularism and humanism while excluding God. The human has usurped the divine on all levels, end quote. Welcome to America. Oh, pardon me, was that Laodicea? Seven stunning parallels. America to the core, which is why, like Laodicea, America can also be called a people judged. Write it down. Parallel number seven. Jot it down. Judged. A people judged. That's what Laodicea means in the Greek. But America, why would America be judged? Oh, I'll tell you why. Read verse 17. Jesus speaking, because you say, I am rich. I become wealthy. I have need of nothing. You don't know that you are wretched miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's why. Whoa. Laodicea, a people judged. America? 
I came across one of the boldest depictions of this country in relation to God that I have ever read from over a century ago. I got to put it on the screen for you. You'll take the quotation home, but let me put it on the screen for you. The Lord has done more. This is Ellen White. The Lord has done more for the United States than for any other country upon which the sun shines, period. Now, I know we represent up close to 100 nations here at Andrews University. That's a pretty un-PC kind of statement to make. We got this many flags flying around our courtyard. But your argument's not with me. What's that sentence again? The Lord has done more for the United States than for any, con- any other country upon which the sun shines. But before we dislocate our elbows trying to pat ourselves on the back, let us remember that to whom much is given, how does it go? To whom much is given, much is required. The God who has blessed America to the max, hold on to your pew, is the God who is going to judge America to the max. To the max. If it's, if it's blessed to be... If, if it's blessed to be honored by God to the max, whew, I'm not sure about being judged by God to the max. And I know what you're saying. Oh, I don't know about that, Dwight. I really don't know about that. I don't think America's that bad. I don't know even know why you're even bringing up judgment in connection with America. I say God bless America. You know what I say to what you said? I say, amen and amen. But guess what? Too late. Oh, I know we sing it. God bless America. Land. We sing it all the time. It's practically the second national anthem in the United States. But I'm wondering. Mm-mm. I need to remind you that while we're singing that beautiful song, God bless America, we are the one nation. We are the one nation that with impunity is destroying unborn lives by the tens of thousands every single year. Gone. Throw them in the garbage. We don't need them anymore. Do you think that with that wanton destruction of human life, we are going to be given a get-out-of-judgment-free card on the day when we have this rendezvous with the judge of the universe and says, what were you thinking? God bless America. Are you serious? For that? And we're the nation that with impunity is experimenting with and exporting to the world our advocacy of unbridled sex. Well, through our entertainment empire here in this country, we sell to the nations our debased and fallen culture. Do you think this nation will not have a rendezvous with a day of judgment and stand before the judge almighty and answer, why did you live this way? America does naked well. Oh, Laodicea did naked well. You're naked, Jesus said. Well, America does naked well. We're getting more naked by the day. Sex is the number one import in the United States. Facebook, the American mega-billion icon, now offers, jot it down, 58, some say 63 gender options that you can choose from. What are you? Well, give me a list. Facebook now offers 58 choices. And this is from Facebook's headquarters. 
what you're going to see on the screen on the screen right now. Facebook says we've got even more. Last year, these are directly quoting from their website. Last year, we were proud to add a custom gender option to help people better express their identities on Facebook. We collaborated with our network of support, a group of leading LGBT advocacy organizations, to offer an extensive list of gender identities that many people use to describe themselves. After a year of offering this feature, we have expanded it to include a free-form field. Now, if you do not identify with a pre-populated list of gender identities, you're able to add your own. Is this our contribution to the human race? God bless America, we sing. And we're the nation that with impunity turns our backs on the poor, the powerless, the stranger that is within our gates. And you think this nation won't have to answer before the creator of the universe on Judgment Day? Think again. Just think again. You can call them immigrants. You can call them whatever you will. But Jesus identifies with the very people we are rejecting. Jesus said, I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was even in prison and you didn't visit me. You just kept reminding me of my prison record. God bless America. Yeah, right. The only answer we will hear will be the words the drunken King Belshazzar heard on the night of his destruction. Many, many tekel you farson. You have been weighed in the balances, nation, and you have been found wanting, and it's curtains tonight. Adios. Oh, my. I hear the tread, America, of an approaching God, and what shall we say when he arrives? The night is soon to come when over America the beautiful will be pronounced those bitter words of doom. You have been weighed in the balances and you've been found wanting and it's over. Goodbye. Unless, unless America repents. I'm serious. And that's not such a preposterous notion, by the way, America repenting. After all, there was a wicked city with a wicked people in it named Nineveh, with a wicked king who ruled the city. And one day a man sent by God had a message to those Ninevites, 40 days and this city will be destroyed by Almighty God and you are dust. Do you understand that? And in 40 days less, from the king on the throne to the slave in the marketplace, the entire city repents of its rebellion. And the God of heaven of mercy forgives them their rebellion, writes a new chapter, gives them hope again. It's not impossible for America. It's not too late for America to repent. Babylon did. When that mighty king Nebuchadnezzar, brooding in his insanity, after seven years, repented to the God of heaven and confessed that, he, that the God of heaven is the great God of the universe. When Babylon repented, God spared Babylon of its demise for a while until the grandson Belshazzar mocked God to his face. Probation was up. <laughs> You're dead tonight, buddy. 
see you. Babylon repented. Why can't America repent? Sodom and Gomorrah repented not. And their tragic history is a morality tale for the likes of this nation of which we sing, God bless America. But you know what, folks? That is a song too late to sing. For two and a half centuries, he's been blessing America, and look what he's got. There's only one song to sing now, and I wish somebody would write it. God save America. Don't bless us anymore. It'll only drive us further into our frenzied insanity. Save us. Not the blessing of God we need, it's his salvation. For unless he saves us, we're as doomed as Babel, we're as doomed as Babylon, we're as doomed as Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, what have we done to an entire generation? And it was done by adults. The children didn't come up with this. The adults have done it. And they've told them, this is how you think now. And we're going to give you 58 options of how you can behave. The kids didn't come up with that. Some special interest adult said, this is what we need. We got it now. You don't think we're going to stand with our rendezvous with destiny before the judge of the universe? I tell you what, if you're an adult listening to me right now and you're purveying what is going to take down our children, Jesus said it well, it would be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and to be thrown into the ocean than for you to live with that. The words of Christ. The red letter words of Christ, verse 17, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Laodicea, a people judged. America, a people judged. So what hope is there for this nation? The truth is, I'll just tell you what the truth is right now. The truth for America, whether you're an American Jew or an American Muslim or an American Hindu or an American Christian or an American Adventist or an American atheist, the only hope we have, the last great hope for America is Jesus Christ. That's the only hope we have. Jesus called the Christ. Acts 4.12. Boy, does this... Does this get it or what? Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mankind by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. There is no other hope left for America. There's no other Savior that's going to come riding on a white stallion and deliver us politically, economically, morally, socially, or spiritually. We have only one hope left, and His name is Jesus. And if we spit in his face, as they did 2,000 years ago, on the day of judgment, you'll see the video when you spit in the face of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I blessed you for two and a half centuries. And is this what I get? America. America. God shed his grace on thee. Jesus once spent two days 
You might remember this story. Two days with half-pagan Samaritans. I mean, they were kind of a mongrel religious faith, half-pagan, half-believers. He spent two days with them. And when the two days were up, the Samaritans came to the woman at the well. Because that's how he got invited to that village. He first met with her. He came, they came to that woman at the well. John 4, 42, on the screen. Look what they said to that woman. They said to the woman at the well, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this capital M man really is the savior of the world. I find that confession absolutely remarkable. You know why? They've had only two days with Jesus. And in two days, they believe him to be the savior of the human race. Apparently, it doesn't take a lot of time for God to turn a village around and not even a nation. How much time will we need for America, God asks. No, the question to ask is, how much time does America have? We're running out of time. When I see events like this, I'm saying, oh, boy, this is Calvary all over again. And you know how Calvary ends. It ends with the death. But it's happening all over again. I'm talking about when the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of Israel, were currying the favor of the despised Roman governor Pilate. They hated him. But they were currying his favor in order to secure power and influence for their own political ambitions. Even so, I fear that there are religious leaders in America who are attempting to parlay with the president in order to secure for themselves power to change times and laws for their own misguided and terribly mistaken agenda. I'm seeing it coming all over again. Swallow your morals. Hide your spiritual convictions and pretend you're just like him. The good news is they can be stopped. That's the point. They can be held in check a little longer. The very liberties that this nation was founded upon are the liberties that desperately need to be championed today. Listen, the word can get out. The word can get out. John Meacham, Karen gave me this book last year. I think it was for Valentine's. It's a wonderful book. Finished it last year. John Meacham, uh, historian. In his inspiring book, The Soul of America, The Battle for Our Better Angels, quotes the, you're going to like this, quotes the English writer, jurist and member of parliament in England, James Bryce. He wrote a book called The American Commonwealth in 1888. John Meacham now is quoting James Bryce. The words are on the screen for you. A bold president. Now, this is James Bryce, the Britisher, who's looking at the political system in the United States and says, hey, this could happen. Watch this. A bold president who knew himself to be supported by a majority in the country. That's the key. I got the support. I got the support. A bold president who knew himself to be supported by a majority in the country might be tempted to override the law and deprive the minority of the protection which the law affords it. American jurisprudence protects the minority. You cannot be be destroyed because the majority doesn't want you. Not in this land. The minorities are free to follow their consciences. You're safe in America. In another country, you're gone. James Bryce came over here, turn of the century, 19th century, and he says, you know what? You let somebody in power who has the majority, 
stuff could happen. He goes on. James Bryce wrote, he, the president, might be a tyrant. Now, this is, this is prescient. He might be a tyrant not against the masses, but with the masses. In other words, he sees with his support by the majority a permission to enact that which is beyond the Constitution and the law. But he has the majority. And I don't know about you, but the masses in America can be as irrational and fickle and utterly susceptible to groupthink as any nation on earth. Social media. I wrote in my blog this week, The Fourth Watch, these words on the screen. The warp speed with which the faceless social media crowd, I said mob maybe, huh? The warp speed with which the faceless social media crowd can serve as judge, jury, and executioner is breathtaking. Don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is made up, seems to be the prevailing cry du jour, the cry of the day among these anonymous commentators. And even when the press, as it did last week, sheepishly withdraws yesterday's hue and cry 24 hours later, there is no abatement, no disavowal that appears among the purveyors of social media pronouncements. In other words, the people, this is what they think, the people have spoken, so be it. But the people, like the press, can be wrong, dreadfully wrong, and therein lies my concern." End quote. Just because social media pervades it does not anoint it as correct. So you get the right president with the right majority. James Bryce is saying, look out. The good news is social media cuts both ways. There's time for, it's now time for a generation within the Seventh-day Adventist church to rise up, a generation that can seize the reins of social media and begin to communicate through social media, championing the very religious liberties and eternal principles through which, through which America might yet be saved. We're not asking God to bless America. We need God to save America. That's all the time we've got left. Save America. We've got to reach the thought leaders. We've got to reach the thought leaders of our little communities, our counties, our states, our nation. And I know of no more influential and attractive and compelling a magazine to do just that than this one right here. It's been around for decades. It's called Liberty Magazine. Ever seen this magazine? From the county commission to the Supreme Court, thought leaders in America are turning into this magazine. You said you can't prove it. Just read what's inside of it. You can prove it. Read the letters. You can prove it. This little magazine, six times a year, six dollars a subscription. For a hundred bucks, you can send 16 thought leaders in America. You say, Dwight, I don't know a single name. I wouldn't know who to recommend to get this. We, there are data banks filled with men and women who in sincerity are reaching out. It, what, is there another view to all of this? Is there another voice that we might hear? It's called Liberty Magazine. If you value your freedom in honoring your conscience and dedicating your day of worship to God, and you want to be honored by the authorities in America for that freedom and that liberty, just send this. You can give it to your neighbors. You can give it to anybody you want. But we need to send it to the top leaders, the thought leaders, Berrien County, Michigan, America. 
inside your little worship bulletin today is something that looks like this. This is for Liberty Magazine. If you open it up and just turn it out like this, it makes a little, you see a little tear off here. It's an envelope. Listen, folks, we can sit here and say, well, not my problem. Are you serious? It's not your problem? Well, whose is it, Dad? It's America's problem, and you're an American. Put $100 in a tithe envelope. Just mark it religious liberty next Sabbath, the next, the next, the next. That's fine. You can put it in. You have a $100 bill in your wallet today. Just slip it in. 16 thought leaders automatically will receive this, this impressive advocate for religious freedom. You don't have to know their names. You just know the times. That's all you have to know. Just know the times. There's one more way to respond to America's deep spiritual need, and that is we must pray for America. I wonder what the heart of Jesus is for America. You don't have to wonder at all. Did you, did, did, do you remember that moment when Jesus looked out over Jerusalem and began to cry? I want to put the words of Jesus on the screen for you. You want to know the heart of Jesus for America? It says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Why don't we read it? Oh, America, America, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Keep reading. How often I've wanted to gather your children together, America, as a hand gathers her chicks, as a mother gathers her children under her wings. You are not willing. How often I have longed. Now look, your nation is left to you, desolate. Keep going. Next. For I say to you, you shall say to me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's the next time you're going to see me. America. I'll be here. Oh, by the way, he said that to Laodicea. Oh, he did not, Dwight. Yes, he did. I'll end with this. Look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. To Laodicea and America, as many as I love. There are only two letters that have him describing his love. It would be Philadelphia and Laodicea. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. We'll unpack that another time. But do you know what it means to stand at the door? I'm here. I'm already here. I'm at the door now. If he loves this country this deeply, then we must pray, not God bless America. Here's a prayer to pray. God, save America and let me help you. Amen. God, save America and let me help you. Amen. God, save America and let me help you. Amen.